Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. As Hyder would say, the Bobster and the Vin Man. I like our guys. Vinny and Haney, 105.7 The Vin. Vinny and Haney, 105.7 The Fan. Turn it up Tuesday, cranking it up to 12. Yeah, it's David Bowie. Turn it up to 12. Still resonates with the old ear candy. Bob Haney, Vinny Serrato, Orioles exhibition opener coming up Saturday against the Red Sox. We'll talk to Rockabaco live from Florida. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, Rock with MassInSports.com as the Orioles look to defend that American League East championship. But here to talk about the top prospects, in the Orioles system, the number one rated farm system by most people, and also talk about the other prospects as we head into the 2024 campaign throughout the major leagues. He's with the Athletic. He's on the WGK Law Guest Hotline. Let's welcome back to the show, Bob Hating, Vinny Serrato. We bring in Keith Law. Keith, what is going on? How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing okay. Let's talk about from, and we'll get to Jackson Holiday in a second because you can't dismiss the number one prospect here but from a power standpoint from what you've seen from the Orioles prospects a Basayo, a Mayo a Kerstad, a Kowser a Stowers who has the most pure power based on hitting at 5,000 feet that you've seen from the Orioles top prospects here I think it's probably Kerstad could end up being Mayo Obviously, he's younger, a little less experienced high schooler out of the 2020 draft. I think all the other guys you mentioned are – no, well, Holiday's not. But it, you, they have a lot of college guys in the system who are a little bit older, so you, can pro, you can't project as much growth, whereas Mayo has obviously grown tremendously as a, just generally as a hitter and as a player since he came into the system. He may end up with the most power. If you're asking right now, I think I'd probably go with Kierstad. Um Several of the other guys you mentioned, like Stowers, just can't really hit. And several of those other guys are really hitters first who will come to power but don't have that kind of light tower power that you're asking about. Now, with Mayo positionally, I mean, I guess we can maybe kind of compare, correct me if I'm wrong, Keith, him to Ryan Mountcastle when he came out of high school as a shortstop, then a third baseman, then the outfield. Now it was a gold glove finalist at first base. If we look at Kobe Mayo with his glove, where will he project at the next level, which probably could happen here in 2024? He was, he is much better just defensively in terms of athleticism, overall tools than Mountcastle ever was. And Mountcastle had huge throwing issues also, which was going to always push him to either left field. And he wasn't very good there either or first base. 
actually think you could probably put Mayo in right field and he'd be fine. That's not like the Orioles need. The Orioles need an outfielder only slightly more than they need someone on the left side of the infield. So it's ultimately, it may just be a matter of need. Is there an injury or some other opening? And that's where they end up putting Mayo. I don't think he has to move off third base. He is very big for a third base. It is likely that four or five years from now, he'd end up moving off third base. But if that happened to be where the opening was this year, I might try him there and see how, see how he does. Game, game the major leagues a lot faster, right? You see a lot of guys who look like they can play a position in the minors. They get to the majors. It's not quite good enough. Then you consider moving him. But it's also quite possible that they just won't have an opening like that, and it will be more dictated by when they think Mayo's bat is ready, and then they just bring him up and maybe move him around a few positions just to try to get him some at-bats. Now, look, in Kobe Mayo, by the way, everybody, the athletic Keith Law, number three prospect in the Orioles system, cursed at five. But going down uh, nine and ten, Kate Kate Povich, Chase McDermott, uh, Brandon Hyde said yesterday both are going to start the season at AAA. We know about the Bradish injury and John Means a month behind and all of the fun stuff that goes along with that, but not coming up in March. But Povich, McDermott, tell our listeners about both and their ceilings, weaknesses as potential starting pitchers, maybe not this year, but looking ahead. Yeah, they're a little bit – first of all, I agree with the decision to put – to start those guys in AAA. I think if you only are going to be without Bradish and or means for a couple of starts, you sort of patch to get around them. You don't rush the two best pitching prospects in the system, or at least near-end pitching prospects, just to try to fill those needs. Um, Povich probably has a little bit more upside. He is left-handed. He did get a little homer-prone last year, and the command and control aren't where they need to be, but he's got good run on a low 90s fastball, He's got potentially a plus curveball, potentially a plus changeup. So he's got enough weapons to get lefties and righties out. I did comment in my uh, little capsule on him. I had him ninth in the system that he may be throwing too many different pitches. He's got at least five distinct weapons in the arsenal. And for some guys, that's an inhibitor to just throwing more or better strikes. He may benefit by simplifying. He may benefit just from more experience, too. McDermott, to me, probably a little lower ceiling, but closer to ready. If you had to call on one of these guys right now, I would pick McDermott over Povich, where he's uh, there's not really as much of a clear out pitch, but I think he throws more strikes than Povich does. He does have a pretty good changeup and pretty good cutter. Nothing's wiped out, and that's probably what makes me just a little bit lighter on him, also giving the edge to the left-handed starter over the right-hander. But I think if you had to put someone in the rotation in April for a couple starts, I feel a little better about doing it with McDermott. I worry that Povich would give up too many walks and homers and end up hurting the club. And then you might end up kind of hurting his development too. You don't want a guy to come up just to get bombed and then have to carry that back to the minors. Keith Law, the Athletic, joining us here, Vinny and Haney, 105.7 The Fan, talking about the Orioles' top prospects here at 2024, led by Jackson Holiday. And uh, I was talking to a friend of mine about this a couple weeks ago, and we had you on the show before last year. Keith, I don't know if you remember, because I forget stuff all the time, but you said Gunner had Manny Machado-level defense at third base. What about Jackson Holiday? Where's his A game defensively? Is he a better shortstop than Gunner? Does he project more as a second baseman long term? What's Holiday? Where is his defensive position plus plus stuff there? I got to say, we didn't see that defense from Gunner in his time at third base in the majors last year. He was fine. 
but he didn't show the elite defense that I and others had seen from him in the minors at third base. I'm hopeful that if he gets more regular time at third that we'll see that, but they might also choose to leave him at shortstop. I think he's a solid average, maybe a little bit above average defender at short too. It's a nice problem to have. That's how you can trade a Joey Ortiz for Corbin Burns and not even notice that he's gone. Um, so on Holiday, I'm a, I'm a big believer in Holiday's defense. His hands are great. His instincts are great. I mean, he is... Uh, as you might expect from the son of a big leaguer, but doesn't always work out that way. But he's got really, really good feel for the game. His clock is good. His instincts are good. He's in the right position. He throws well. If you had to move him to another position, because what if they decide Gunner is the shortstop long-term, they want to leave him there. And if they think Gunner ends up a plus defender at short, I'm not going to argue. I think that's certainly possible. And they wanted to move Holiday. I'd go to third rather than to second. Two reasons. One, I actually saw Holiday play third one time last year. He barely played it, but I happened to be at a game where he did. He looked like a guy who hadn't played third base before. That's okay. He's got plenty of arm for third, so I would go that direction rather than going to second. Also, second base, it's a little less true than it used to be, but guys do get hurt there sometimes, especially learning the position on the double play. So, I mean, this guy is a jewel, right? You are protecting him at all costs. I would rather slide him to third then go in the direction of second, even though he'd be fine at either spot. He'll probably be a plus defender at either position. And I still think he's going to be a plus defender at short. Keith, is there any young guys for the O's, maybe the ones they just drafted this past year or whatever, or guys that are going to be an A ball that you can see making a nice jump this year? Well, the easy answer, I think, is Enrique Bradfield Jr., who was the first rounder last year. and But I, what's interesting about him, folks who don't know, he was center fielder at Vanderbilt. He is an elite runner. He might have been the fastest guy in the draft last year. He's going to steal 60 bags at least in a full season in the minors. He needs a swing overhaul. And I was very happy when the Orioles took him because I think they'll do that. I saw Bradfield as a college freshman and thought he was going to be a top five pick. But at some point, I don't know who, somebody decided to tell him to try to hit for more power. That's not who he is. It's just not, if you see his body, he's not going to be a power hitter. He is a speed, contact, elite defense and center field guy. And talking to the Orioles this winter, they know it. They knew it when they took him, that there was going to be, they had some work to do, but they're confident they could do it. The Orioles have a really good track record the last five years, helping guys with their swings. So I'm very, very curious to see, first of all, where they start him. Because typically an SEC guy, you send him right to high A. Do they send him to Delmarva because they're doing stuff with the swing? And then I just physically want to see what it looks like. Have they? I have lots of video myself from seeing him the past few years. Is it the 2023 swing, or does he get back to the swing he'd had previously where it was just put the ball in play and run like hell? Hey, Keith, did you did you like the, the Burns trade? And then, like, the 34th pick, is is that going to be a quality player? Is the draft draft deep this coming year where, you know, that is going to be a really good selection for the Brewers? So the draft, first of all, I'll say, yes, I like the trade. I do. I know it's only one year of Corbin Burns, um, and I love Joey Ortiz, and I think he's going to be an everyday shortstop for a long time. But you've got to pay the price, right? You, you get what you pay for. And when the Orioles tried to go cheap in prospects to trade for Cole Irvin, I love Daryl Hernandez, who they gave up, but you know they didn't give up an elite prospect, and Cole Irvin was not very good. So this year they decided to give up an elite prospect, and they got an elite starter back. So I like the trade. This draft is not as good as last year's draft. I actually went out this weekend for the first time to see some players for the draft. It's thin. I think the value in that extra pick is more the money that you get more money into your draft pool and you could start, you know, how the, this is how the Orioles got Kobe Mayo. Um, they got creative and it'll allow the Brewers to be more creative with their draft pool. But I 
don't feel like you're giving up a star. Whereas 34th last year, there were guys going in the 30s in the draft last year who I was still like, he could be a star. He's an everyday player. He's an advanced college bat. There were lots of those guys last year. I don't think this year is anywhere close to that level of, of draft, unfortunately. But last year's was possibly the best I've ever covered in 20 years. Keith Law, what's happening at The Athletic? The spring training's upon us. Yes, yeah, so, so all my prospect rankings are up for folks who subscribe to The Athletics for the top 100. The farm system rankings, Orioles at number one. My Orioles top 20, I have top 20 prospects for every organization, as well as just notes on the farm system, guys who've fallen off a sleeper who might help this year. So that's up for every team. The Orioles one actually went up last week, and all these guys we discussed appear on their, on their top 20 and in the report. Keith, always great to catch up with you. Enjoy the rest of your Turn It Up Tuesday, and we'll talk to you soon, I'm sure. Yep, my pleasure. Thanks, you got Keith. it. Keith Law, everybody. Athletic. It's Vidiot Haney, 1057. The Fan NFL Lunch coming up next. Then we're going to go to Florida at least visit with Rockabaco is there. MassInSports.com. First full team workout. We'll talk to Rock about that. Maybe preview that spring training opener against those dreaded Boston Red Sox who signed Liam Hendricks today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. An insider's look at the National Football League. It's NFL Lunch. Presented by Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. With Vinny and Haney on 105.7 The Fan. Tua throws across the middle. Intercepted. Picked off by Geno Stone. Tua looking for Tyreek and Geno Stone takes it away. ESPN Radio on the call. Geno Stone, one of his seven interceptions here in 2000. 23 now looks like he'll be moving on via free agency as he was not well he and the ravens could not reach an agreement on a contract extension so geno stone will hit the open market not for the first time in his career but for the first time coming off a seven interception season and that's probably the best time to hit said open mark yeah it's the best season he's had and he's kind of had you know what? The last two years, he's had a lot of chance to play, Bob, because Marcus Williams has been hurt, and he's played well. He's played well. You know, does he have the range of Marcus Williams? No, but he 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 has his own strengths, and they didn't put him in a position where it was going to kill him. They didn't put him in a ton of man-to-man, you know, positions, which would, you know, it's not going to be to his strength. So they took advantage of what he does well is sit in the middle of the. Uh, Sit in the middle of the field and go get the ball. Is he a green dot guy for a team? Possibly. I. He's smart enough to be that. Yes. 
because the potential landing spots as we've tried to connect dots are plentiful given the fact that Ravens coaches have moved on moved on in high, in positions of power to other destinations here. Yeah. Now I mean there's three of those. There's Joe Hortiz. And, and then the other thing is Bob like a Keith Williams who went, you know, to New Orleans yesterday to be the receiver coach. I mean, they're gonna go ask him about you know, about him. They're going to go ask about Gino. I mean, you go one-on-one against him every day and stuff. What what, what kind of guy is it? You know, so the more guys that are out there, you want familiarity. Because the thing about it is, in free agency, a lot of times the biggest busts are when nobody on the staff knows the guy or has been with the guy. You know, on this one, they can say, hey, what what's he bringing in the locker room? And then Keith Williams will give blah, 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 blah. You know, and then, okay, you know, we have interest in that type of guy. If you're the Ravens, how do you replace him? Draft. They need a cheap They need a cheap replacement is what they need um, because you, you've got two extremely high-priced safeties. Right, right. Williams is getting paid, and Hamilton's going to get paid. Right. So you're not going to be able to uh, – you can't afford you, – you're going to need a draft guy or – uh, veteran free agent. So we look at the secondary for the Ravens. Now, safety, not necessarily a major area of need, but given the fact that in his two years in Baltimore, Marcus Williams, he missed a lot of games in 22, played a lot in 23, but was not healthy pretty much from the onset of the season. Yeah, Always dealing playing, with something. He's playing with one arm. So, yeah. Um, and uh, Geno Stone, that's what's helped Geno Stone. Geno Stone's played a lot. And that's the thing that uh, with the Ravens is you're going to knock on wood and hope that Marcus Williams can stay healthy the whole year. But what happens is it's the same scenario. We got to have a third guy that is capable of going in and playing for an extended period of time just because of what's happened with Marcus over the last two years. Fitty and Haiti, 105.7 The Fan NFL Lunch here on this Turn It Up Tuesday. You mentioned Keith Williams. If you missed the news uh, that happened over the last 24 hours, which he has since confirmed on Instagram, Keith Williams leaves after two years. Pass game coordinator. Yeah, assistant wide receiver coach, basically. Goes to the New Orleans Saints under Clint Kubiak. Mm-hmm. And Dennis Smith, well, he will be the wide receiver coach for the Saints. I mean, they have what? Chris Olave? They got some yeah, dudes they, there. Yeah, they got some, they got some guys. And maybe he can get Mike Thomas going or something. I, I don't know. But he's got his own group now. Now he he's the guy that meets with them. He's the guy that goes out there. He doesn't have to, you know, answer to Greg Lewis. It's his group of guys. And that's the thing that you want. You want to have, those are my guys. I'm responsible for that group totally. What do the Ravens lose by losing Keith Williams? Well, they lose a, a guy that was an um, outstanding route developer, and all their guys became much better. The only one who didn't, to me, was Duvernay was not a good route runner just because he's stiff in his lower body. That was the thing. But, uh, you know, I mean, I was out of practice a ton over the last three years while Keith was there. Stu- super impressed with all the things and – the relationship that he has with all the guys is a 10. Now, a guy that technically wasn't a coach for the Ravens, Josh Bynes, was yep. a player and did interview for the linebacker job. He now goes to Seattle as assistant linebacker coach there. 
with Mike McDonald. So Josh Bynes, you know, Raven won a Super Bowl, came back during the communication problems, Vinny, if you remember, of 2019, yep. Yep. stabilized that a little bit. So he had a couple of uh, of uh, runs here with Baltimore, now got into coaching. He's a rookie coach. And we talked about this earlier with Zach Orr. This will be his first time calling yeah. plays as your defensive coordinator. And who knows, Josh Bynes could be a, a brilliant coach in this league. But a lot of inexperience there if you went that route. Yeah. And now what was Bynes doing? Was he at the Ravens? He was retired this year. Okay, so he wasn't coaching. He was, he was just kind of enjoying retired life. All right, and he wants to get into coaching, so he interviewed. Yeah, I, I'm Bob. I, I think that's totally correct about the. They, you know, they brought in um, the secondary coach. Uh, it's a Harbs guy, um, but he's an older guy, so he's got experience. I think he was what forty or fifty-seven or forty-seven, one of the two. You know, so he's got a lot of lot of experience. His dad was a head coach too in college, um, so I would think D-line wise. And linebacker-wise, because like you said, you got a young coordinator that hadn't called defenses. I, I think you can't afford to have inexperience in there. It's Vinny and Haney, 105.7 The Fed. We'll come back, go to Florida with Rockabaco, MassInSports.com. Then we'll take a trip to the Funhouse with Nolan McGraw. Inside Access takes over, too. Coming up tonight, our coverage starts at 8. It's Maryland Hoops, Terps at Wisconsin. They need wins. It's the bottom line. Hey, uh, Wisconsin's lost five of their last six, so I'm assuming they're going to take out their frustrations on somebody. By the way, if you're looking to watch it on TV, Peacock. <laughs> Your sports information station, 105.7 The Fan. Vinny and Haney, 105.7 The Fan. We're on this Turn It Up Tuesday. We're cracking it up to 12 because that's how loud it goes. One more segment to go. Get your song request into the Plaza Port text line at 410-583-1057. Bob Haney, Vinny Serrato. Orioles open their exhibition season on Saturday against the Red Sox. Let's go to Florida and talk about the Birds of Baltimore, the reigning American League East champions. He's on the WGK Law Guest Hotline. He's with MassInSports.com. He's Rockabaco. Rock, what's up? Hey, it was in the 40s here this morning at 5 a.m. when I drove to the gym. If it makes you feel any better. Uh, wah, wah, wah. It's probably, <laughs> what, like 75 now? Anyway, I uh, saw I saw, I saw, saw in your X feed, because it's no longer Twitter, the home run that uh, Cedric Mullins yanked today off the top of the scoreboard. And we've seen him uh, exhibit some pop, but level of bounce back years for guys who may not have been what they were or could be. Where does Mullins rank on the old Brandon Hyde scale? If, if you would even call it a bounce back year in 24. Yeah. I mean, it would be huge. I mean, the, the Mullins for the first like 53 games was outstanding, but he had that bright adductor groin strain twice. And uh, it was not the same player. I mean, it zapped him of, of strength and speed. And he, he went over 12 in the playoffs. And he said that, it did hinder him, not enough that he needed to go on the I.O. a third time, but it definitely impacted his, his production at the plate. If you have a healthy Cedric Mullins, I mean, that, that's just huge for them, whether he's leading off or batting lower in the order. And he got a hold of that one today off Justin Armbruster, hit the top of the scoreboard. He said later he thought, man, that dad strength is kicking in. And that's absolutely what it was. And there, they do have some guys like that, guys that – are kind of it feels like additions from within the organization. You get a full season of Means. If you get a full season, or excuse me, of Mullins, if you can get Means back quickly enough and have him for the season, 
a full season of Dylan Tate, who didn't pitch at all last year. I mean, these are guys who could be major contributors that they really couldn't count on last year. Now, Rock, staying with the offense, are the Orioles, depending on the injury factor that's going to play itself out, I guess, over the next five weeks or so, do they need another bat? Or if everyone stays healthy, is there enough there offensively for them to, to match runs with the big sluggers in the American League? I think there is, because I'm not sure where you would put that other bat at this point. They certainly have enough guys in the outfield and the infield. And we've been talking amongst ourselves here is like, how do you make room for certain guys? If Jackson holiday breaks camp with the team, and oh, by the way, there's an internal addition for them who is in the organization. And if you're keeping Jorge Mateo and Ramon Arias, you may only have room for four outfielders. And we know who the three starters are. And then it's like, all right, is Kowser the other one? Is it Kerstad who doesn't play center field? McKenna's out of options, and he's been a very useful right-handed bat and a guy that, you know, plus speed and plays all three outfield spots very well. So you're trying to make room. Kyle Stowers looks really good early in camp. Granted, it's VP and live VP, but this is a guy that broke camp with them last year, and you kind of forget about that because he was two for 30 and then was injured multiple times in AAA, but when he played down there, was really, really good. So I just don't know where you put another bat. Uh, now, that doesn't mean that Michael Eyes, by the time I hang up with you, doesn't he? Get somebody else because it's a constant 40-man roster churn here. Every single day there's another move. I just don't know where you'd put another bat right now. Rockabaco, MassInSports.com. Joining us here, Vinny and Haney, 105.7 The Fan. Rock down there in Florida, Sarasota. With the birds, you mentioned Jorge Mateo. Looks like he's going to be the versatile utility guy. You know you cover the team every day. Look like an MVP all-star in April and then not so much after that but what is that versatility going to do for his chances of making the team and how will he make the Orioles a better team being a little more position flexible here yeah well they love that anyway it seems like just about every guy here can play multiple positions and that's what you know they want to keep moving gunner between you know short and third and Westberg second and 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 third maybe some short and Jackson Holiday's a middle infielder he's getting a lot of work at second and, yeah, Mateo's going to look, get a long look in center field. He said in winter ball and in workouts, the Dominican, he was playing center. He's playing second base. We already know he can play short. can put him in left field. So I think that just increases his value and his chances of staying. And, again, it's, it's that speed coming off the bench. But you can't steal first base. And he did have a great April. And I didn't realize just how great until I looked it up today. And then just really bottomed out the rest of the time. But, you know, if you can get him to where you're really trusting him in center field, that can be one of the answers to how do you carry only four outfielders because he can now be your backup in multiple spots out there. So I think that really improves his chances of making the club because shortstop starts aren't going to be there for him nearly as much now with Gunner. And if Holiday either breaks camp with the team or is here soon enough, that's two guys right there that are going to be playing shortstop for you. Hey, Rock, Rock, what's your gut telling you on Bradish? Like Bob says, when you put UCLA – or UCL, yeah. PRP together. That's, that's, yeah, you're not getting USC out of that. <laughs> yeah, that's, a bad, that's a bad bowl of alphabet soup right there. <laughs> Absolutely. And that is, I mean, you know, we all jumped to that same conclusion. He, he played catch again today. You know, the first time he did it was, you know, really soft tossing, a little more intensity the second time. And today he was about 90 feet uh, spread out there. No, no you know, not – going full throttle, of course, but he did increase the distance significantly. And they are talking as if they're preparing for him for 2024, but we know how quickly these things can change. And as uh, the late, great Joe Strauss used to tell me, you never underwrite an injury, like ever. Always assume the worst, 
so you don't look bad later. So media-wise, we're we're kind of dubious, but the club right now thinks that they could they this going to be okay. But you know, UCLs and PRP, those are just words you don't want to hear. That would be obviously a huge loss, even with Corbin Burns here. And you know, they're they're still always kind of looking around for pitching anyway. But I just wonder how much that would amp up the urgency if this becomes a more serious injury and with means starting the year on the IL as well. Hey, Rock, tell the listeners kind of like what goes on daily. Now that everybody is in camp, which they've been for a while, but like what what happens down there? Where are, where are you guys? Like where are the players? What are they doing? What's their schedule? Yeah, as far as photo days, that changes things a little bit. But otherwise, you know, we have morning access in the clubhouse, the media from – eight to nine and players are in there and then they start going on the field for stretching and things like that. We get Brandon Hyde around 10, 10, 10, 20 to mainly go over what happened the day before. Any feature type questions we have, they haven't worked out yet. And then, you know, the backfields are loaded with activity. Yesterday was mainly just the live BPs because I think part of it was because the infields were still soaked from the rain. We had it rain for well over 24 hours, but you know, today it was fielding drills and, you know, you're going to get your pitchers fielding practice, yield PFPs, uh, and uh, we, they have had regular BP and live BP on multiple fields. So it's just, it's, you know, kind of workouts, and then it kind of, they, re- they reopen the clubhouse to us anywhere in the 12, 15, 12, 30 range for about a half hour. And at that point, guys are trickling in. Some of them go and work out. Some just eat and, and shower and leave. But the days are going to change again because the first game is Saturday, and that's going to completely disrupt our schedule and certainly inter- interfere with my uh, gym time at LA Fitness. Mm, don't want to ruin your gym time, right, Rockabaco, nice MassiveSports.com. When are you going to write about the Levant Soto era here in Baltimore and how memorable <laughs> it was? You know what I mean? Yeah, so I get a little tear in my eye just thinking about it. We're going to miss it. We never got a chance to meet Peyton Burdick, and he's already been DFA. <laughs> Rockabaco live in Florida. Rock, we appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Rock. All right, thanks. Thanks, guys. Yep. Rockabaco. Yeah, Cedric Mullins yanked one off the top of the scoreboard. Check it out on social media. We'll come back. Funhouse trip, Nolan McGraw. Inside access at two. Later on tonight, Maryland at Wisconsin. Maryland needs wins. Duh. Vinny and Haney. Two opposites attracted by a paycheck. 1057 The Fan. Vinny and Haney, 1057 The Fan. Started off Tuesday, cranking up to 12, closing out with Stones Air. Chosen by you, the people. We're back tomorrow at 10 o'clock. Woman Crush Wednesday, Maryland tonight at Wisconsin, taking on the Badgers. Maryland down to their final five regular season games. You can hear the game on the fan tonight, by the way. Our coverage starts at 8. Rutgers on Sunday there, and then Northwestern next week here, then at or Indiana here, then at Penn State. So Maryland sits at 14 and 12, 6 and 9 in the Big Ten. So needless to say, work needs to be done. Terps have lost 3 of 4, taking on Wisconsin tonight, as we said, who sit right now tied for third with Northwestern in the Big Ten. But the Badgers have lost five of their last six games, including a tough one against uh, Iowa over the weekend. So Maryland looking to stack some W's, so we'll talk about that. More Orioles talk coming your way. More Ravens talk, because today starts the franchise tag game, but we don't see the Ravens doing anything, at least right now. Well, yeah, I I don't. uh, Today's the first day that you can. I think you have till March the 5th to apply. So they're probably trying to get a deal worked out with, with him. 
And I'm sure that Eric's working his butt off to try to get something done because uh, the franchise tag number is like 20, 20 million something. I mean, so the, the cap number is huge. So Matt BK looks to be the tag you're oh, no doubt for the Ravens. If they if they reach an agreement with him, they're not tagging anybody else though, right? Uh, I don't. Uh, uh, to me, the who else is even a candidate? There isn't anybody worthy of that. Whereas Matt Abike, I mean, that's a guy that you've seen every year. Better, better, better. Thirteen and a half now. You know. So I mean, that's. That's what you love. He's 26 years old, too. Yep. You drafted him, you developed him, and yep. you want to pay him if you're able to do so. So a lot of that coming your way tomorrow. Inside Access is coming up next. But Nolan Ray, get out of here. Quick Draws Funhouse. The rudeness, tuneness text reader. Who's the fastest gun alive? This side of the Chesapeake. I like that quick draw. 1057 The Fan. First texter here wants to know if Geno Stone is kind of like a Chuck Clark type of player, a guy who benefits from a good system, maybe not worth a bigger payday elsewhere. Um, He's not going to break the bank, but he's going to get paid because he does fit a system and he can help teach the system. That's That's the benefit that he brings is, you know, you got guys out there and he's like a coach on the field, and he can help you implement and make it easier for the other guys because the safety, the safety is like the quarterback out there. So he'll be good for the corners. He'll be good for the other safety. He'll be good for a lot of those guys. So it will, it'll be it'll be a beneficial signing. And Chuck Clark got hurt before the season even started for the Jets. Serious knee injury too. Wasn't mm-hmm. it? Yep. So yeah, it remains to be seen what. Life like after the uh, the Ravens is like for him. Sure. Uh, another one here on the Terps. Texter says this Maryland season is a lost cause. But what was Willard thinking at the end of the game on Saturday? Not fouling when they were down multiple possessions. It's always one mistake after the next with this team. And it's self inflicted damage with the turnovers, all the empty possessions, maybe a coaching gaffe here or there. He hasn't gone full on Patino on them yet. But he built the team, and it's a veteran team. They have a lot of, like, old guys on their squad. Freshmen haven't developed the way that you would have hoped. Yeah, it's been a lost season. Maybe we'll be coming to a merciful end here in another three weeks plus. Another one here, Texter, talking about the NBA All-Star Game dilemma. Maybe doesn't see the issues that we do. Says, why does anyone care if an All-Star exhibition is like a real game? It's not a real game. It doesn't matter. Well, it's not a dilemma for me because I don't watch it. I lost the zero winks of sleep over the NBA All-Star game over the weekend. But from a news story, when the commissioner of the league himself says this sucks and it needs to get better, that should be some red flags, I would think. Because if he's saying it sucks, that people that are spending money to broadcast and advertise are going, this sucks, make it better. And if you sat there and watched the whole thing from start to finish and actually enjoyed it, I will give you credit, but I can't think of a single person in my life that meets those requirements. Yeah, I mean, we're all good here. I didn't watch a second of it, Norm. <laughs> right. We're good. Uh, one last one here from Chris says, this is how the offseason will go for the Ravens. No splashes in free agency, but they will fill some holes with second-tier free agents. 
Uh, they'll draft best player available, as always, get their usual high grades there. After the draft, uh, cheap cast-offs from other teams. There will still be holes come week one. I th- I, I'm going to kind of dis- – I think they're going to make one impactful one. You know, I can see a running back because there's so many out there that are really good players. When do they address the clownies of the world here? I almost swore. I said uh, <laughs> sooner than later. Let me just say that. Yeah. It, but, you know, I guess they like that not going to training camp sort of thing. Kind of fits their lifestyle. Well, they might as well wait till free agency now. You know, I mean, you know that Clowney's got to love Mike McDonald. And Anthony Weaver, the yeah. line coach. So he's got a lot of dudes out there that uh, he probably enjoys playing for. I don't know. I just hope that he, he likes Chuck Smith better. Yes. And that he was really comfortable here because the guy had a, I mean, without Claude, they don't get to where they got to. I don't think. It's Vinny and Haiti, 105.7 The Fan. That's going to do it for us. We're back tomorrow at 10 o'clock with Woman Crush Wednesday. Inside access coming up here in a matter of minutes. Later on tonight, I got Maryland Hoops. Terps taking on Wisconsin on the road. Again, if you're watching it on TV, it is on Peacock tonight. For Nolan McGraw, Vinny Serrato, I'm Bob Haney. Stay safe, stay healthy. We'll talk to you in the morning. For now, class dismissed. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.